bunch of Honda speak that I don't know anything about. Uh, it's just standalone engine management speak. But, um, and uh, yeah, I've gotten uh, I've gotten some good help with this car, like uh, G lock with pads and uh, Haltech with ECU. I mean, I had to pay some money for some things, but people have given me some decent deals. Um, yeah, I've gotten a bunch of help with things. And there's somebody else I wanted to mention recently. Who was that? Bart. Forget. Oh yeah, Bart from Pegasus. Bart hooked me up the other day. Bart gave me a nice price on a on a dude. So I I put this uh, this fuel cell in, and uh, um, it turns out like there's not that many good uh, fuel filter options for uh, for high pressure fuel filter setups. Like unless you just use an OEM filter. Um, and I got the new Pegasus Auto Racing catalog the other day, and because uh, uh, I bought stuff from them in the past. Um, what is their website? Let's see, PegasusAutoRacing.com. Uh, and it's it's sort of like a specialty shop up in Wisconsin. They they're real good buddies with the the 365 racing guys and right. Smedgard and uh, those dudes. Um, but uh, yeah, they've got like all these like specialty racing things, like like parts for formula Fords. Like where do you find an upright for a swift DB one or whatever, like a, you know, formula F formula Ford, uh, formula V, whatever, like, like all these specialty car things, but they've also got all this really cool stuff. Like you know, great prices on AN fittings and hardware and like, uh, Canton products, which is what I just bought. I bought a, um, like a, a fuel filter setup, and I bought it because I needed to put this fuel pressure sender. I wanted to get a, pre a fuel pressure uh, sender on my Haltech because it's not a thing that's like a thing in Honda world, uh, and fuel pressure uh, kind of really plays a big part in determining the air-fuel ratio and how the car is running. Sure. So I, I was looking through the new Pegasus catalog that just happened to show up in my, uh, my mailbox, and I saw this Canton fuel filter, and it's like advertised as like the best fuel filter ever. It's like down to one micron. Oh, nice. Um, and it, and it, yeah, it's like and like the the Edelbrock one that I had in there before was like down to one hundred microns. Yeah, you don't you don't want any of that. <laughs> I think uh, so the filtration like big, that I use in my car is but... a is a pretty big filter, but it uses it's down to like uh, six micron or so. Yeah, this thing is down to one micron, but it's made out of like this billet aluminum and it's like a quarter inch thick. And I, I texted Bart and I was like, Hey, you think I could like tap that and put a, uh, uh, an eighth inch NPT, uh, I could thread an eighth inch NPT fuel filter uh, or fuel pressure, uh, sender onto it. He's like, yeah, the thing's like totally strong. You could do whatever you want with it. That's cool. So Bart gave, Bart gave me a nice price on a, on a rad fuel filter. So are you, uh, so my, is that going to be like my a last setup, or are you going to yeah. be returning from the rail back to the tank? Uh, I'm return. It's a it's a return setup. Uh, all the old Hondas are return setups. Okay. Um, I've got it on the the feed side, uh, and then I've got it filtering through another another tiny filter, the one that I had before. Basically, I put it in line of a uh, of a more basic filter. The more basic filter steps up to a dash eight line, which is the reason I'm leaving it there. It's just kind of like a I'm using it as a as an adapter almost, but. Uh, um, yeah, the car is like actually getting somewhere. I've like had a, I probably had like twenty, <clears throat> I probably had twenty like, like uh, midnight kind of nights out here, midnight one a.m. Uh, yeah, it sucks last... getting a late start, but sometimes that's what you got to do. Yeah, like in the last month, I've been out here like almost every night, 
Um, and it's like wearing down on me, but like I'm finally not. I, I'm seeing a light at the end of the tunnel. Like I'm seeing like basically I got to finish the exhaust system. I got to put fluids in it. I got to load a. I, I got to like load a base map into the ECU, and like I could try to start it. Like it's almost there. That's so, amazing. Um, but uh, that's still probably next weekend things. But uh, I do have. I, I built a new center console for it because the seat is moved 14 inches back, so there's like no place to put anything that's normal. So I bent and up this cool aluminum. Do you plan on aluminum. like having some interior stuff in it so that it's like a real car? No, no, <laughs> not really. Got it. Uh, I, I plan on putting. I plan on putting a passenger seat in it, but uh, that's about it. Um, so I bent up the center console. I got to mount the switches, and uh, I'm putting a like a power, like a, a cigarette lighter, and like a USB uh, power thing into it also. So those are a couple things I got to build this week. But uh, yeah, the wiring is like mostly done. That's awesome. I'm gonna run a few more wires, but uh, it's actually getting somewhere. I'm, I'm kind of excited to it, see. It just reminded me I got to run the fuel pressure wiring. That's not done yet either. Got it. I'm getting excited to see yeah. a bunch of uh, guys put cars together for GLTC. You know, some that have driven with us yeah. in the past, but just like a bunch of new people, maybe that we haven't seen at all. So people were yeah, seen uh, on it, the internet. It, it seems like it's attractive to some drivers that have never driven with us, which is cool. Uh, I hope we're not stealing them from anybody else, but uh, I hope we're adding to their fun. Um, and I hope it's a good, a good time. So. Well, something I'm also seeing is uh, some of our time attack drivers that, uh, you know, work really hard on, on tightening the nut behind the wheel. They're also talking about having like two cars, one for time attack and one for GLTC. Yeah, there's uh, I know, I know a couple of drivers that are planning on having that done by mid season, like having, like bringing two cars. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think that's rat like double the seat time. You know, if you're, if you're already there, you might as well have double the fun. Uh, I hope it's a thing. Uh, I'm I'm kind of nervous about like um, doing our first wheel to wheel race, and I don't really know why. I feel like we're, uh, especially with Gary in the crew. Like Gary has like ran IMSA, like been like a steward at IMSA and like the chief technical dude. And uh, Gary's been a big help in working on rules and stuff, uh, as far as the conduct rules and stuff. Um, right. But I feel I I just feel like. Uh, like what, what am I doing? Like, <laughs> it's like Abe and Adam are going to host a wheel to wheel race. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. But it's yeah, it's it's sort of like uh, I mean, we, it's it's really not that different than time attack, and we've done a lot of time attack events. So uh, it it just feels like that next step, and I'm a little bit nervous about it. But I'm also uh, it, it's the thing that's like got me most excited about the season. Big time. I've I've said that a million times, but uh, I'm really I'm really really excited. I just want to get this car done. I I have a contingency plan in case it's not done, but uh, and and that plan is drive to Georgia and pick up our four door. Oh in, yeah. Our, <laughs> pick up our four door bone bone stock engine Civic basically, and uh, and be slow. But, you drove uh, that at Road Atlanta last year, right? You said it was fun. Yeah. It's just not. It's super fun. It's not, it wouldn't be like the pointy end of the field. It's basically a stock IT. It, It's a stock engine. That's just like an overbore build. Like it's bored out and like rebuilt. Um, it's, it's a, it's a SCCA ITA build, but, uh, improved touring a, but 
Got it. Speaking of which, there's uh, we talked about improved production racing from um, Australia mm-hmm. on the podcast a while back, and I mentioned it on Ross Bentley's podcast as like a kind of a an inspiration of what we want uh, to see maybe out of GLTC. And uh, the president of the Improved Production Racing Association emailed me after the Ross Bentley show. <laughs> that had to be like a weird moment. Uh, yeah, it's kind of weird. Um, it. Uh, and so I'm gonna I'm, I'm working to have him on. Uh, the the problem is there's like a 16 hour time difference. He's on the opposite side of the world. Uh, so we'll uh, we'll probably have him on in the next few weeks. That sounds uh, like that, fun. That could be cool. Yeah, it could be could be a cool show. So and now now that you've got some more editing software figured out. I'm uh, trying. Abe's been, Abe's been like hard at work on the editing and the software. We'll see. I mean. Uh... Just, just trying different things. I mean, none of us do this professionally, so we're just trying to learn from messing up a bunch of times. Are we still in the in the beta test time frame of this current software? Uh, yeah, or? we are. But uh, I'm getting to the point where I'm so satisfied with it that I think I'm going to purchase it uh, with my own money. Okay. And uh, as long as we make less than twenty thousand a year on the podcast, uh, we are considered a non-commercial uh, user. I don't think that'll be a problem. Maybe. I'm I'm not too worried about uh, it. No, no. I, I, I right now you said you're recording into a computer, right? Instead Correct. of into the yep. recorder. Yep. You sound so one to of me the, uh, a little different. How do I sound to you? You sound like you're on an audio call on Facebook. Um, yeah, so, you sound a little bit more computerized to me. So I'm curious to see how it turns out. Yeah, me too. So, um, how, how, how's the, how's the Evo? It's up at, uh, ASM just about that. Yeah, I don't, I don't think Andy's actually working on it right now. Cause every time he wants to do something, it snows 15 inches. Um, yeah. And he was at Barber this weekend with Pete in the coolest looking M3 ever. And, uh, I think it's nuts. Did, did like you a full see unlimited he had an Instagram M3. Today. The M3 is, uh, has air jacks too. Yeah, I saw <laughs> <laughs> did uh, did I tell you about my uh, about my next purchase for my car? No. Um, so uh, he's a buddy of ours. He's he's going to be helping more with our instructor program next year. Ed from Auto Assets. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, his they have like a bunch of pro team. Like like they used to run an IMSA team back in the day. Like his his boss raced at the twenty four hour Daytona and stuff. And they have like so much junk laying around. Okay. Um, and so I might know where there are a bunch of used air jacks. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm not going to say that I have purchased any, but I'm not going to say that I haven't. <laughs> That's awesome. They, they might have been a really good deal. They might have been cheap, but they might also not have been purchased. But uh, they, they are, they are uh, set aside with my name on them. I won't, down in Ohio, at auto assets, maybe, maybe. Maybe. Or or somewhere somewhere not not with Ed don't PM Ed don't buy don't buy my my air jacks. <laughs> I can't afford any air jacks. Uh, I've so uh, unlike uh, you, you you could afford these ones. <laughs> unlike you, uh, I can't swap a car and pull a motor out and put a new one in and rewire everything in a, a winter. So yeah. I I took the motor I, I don't know if I can either actually. Two I, I think and a half years ago and I'm still working on like uh, bugs and kinks and things trying to get it right. And that's why it's up at Andy's house in the first place. I just got a like a, a hey do you remember this on uh, on Facebook? 
of today. a year ago of, of me driving your Evo down. That was one year ago today. Yeah, I saw that. And the weather was like so nice. And uh, I know it was like 65 degrees a year ago. So uh, I was trying to remember what was going on that you would have driven down. And this would have been the one year anniversary for the Cincinnati Cart Battle. Yeah, that's when we went down to, uh, uh, what is that place? Uh, down in full Cincinnati. Throttle. Full throttle. Full throttle indoor carter. Yeah, that was a fun night. Did a, I think I did a podcast with you, and I did a podcast with Katil that night. That was right after we bought our four-door. So I think I've, I think I've owned one-fifth of that car for a year now. Um, yeah, that, uh, that's hard to believe that was a year ago already. Yeah, time's going by really fast. Um, Ashley You're gonna was drive like, your Evo. Uh, yeah, we, you, we've got five weeks before grid life starts again. Yeah, I got, I got problems. I know. Don't tell me. <laughs> <laughs> you got to get that car ready. I, I got to get my RV ready is, is more like it. What, what's what's got to be done on the RV? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm picking up a new generator for the RV. The generator died. Um, on the way back from road Atlanta last year. Uh, so I'm putting a monster gasoline generator in there that I can fill up at the gas station versus the propane one, which was stupid and okay. you couldn't fill it up. Um, and then, uh, and that's pretty cheap. I'm going to buy like the, the super high rated Harbor freight one that like the 8,700 watt one. So I'll be able to run both AC units. Is it going to be uh, the loudest the, generator ever? When you're going down the highway, it don't matter, baby. Ain't no big deal. I guess that's true. Um, I'm, I'm going to build a new exhaust system for it. But my plan is to like not modify the generator at all, but to like unbolt the exhaust system and build my own. Tour if it dies, I can buy the extended warranty and just bring it back to Harbor Freight. Uh, I, yeah, uh, cool. Yeah, and, and it'll fit really nice in the space. Like it's the exact same size as the the framework for the the old Generac that's in there right now. Um, it's got a remote start, so I can just use the two button remote start that's in the RV, and it, it'll. It should work out really well. I just have to like take the outlet out and like hardwire in the power and call it good. So, um, sounds like fun. Yeah, that's one project. I got to seal up the roof again. The roof has never been resealed, so I'm going to do an elastomeric roof coating, which is kind of like standard things in the RV or like the flat commercial building business. Um, okay, yeah, like a couple hundred bucks and just like a rubber roof coating. It's it's not leaking, but I don't want it to leak. Uh, and it's, start, it's starting to look like the, like the backside of an alligator, like cracking and, you know, it's just a bunch of rubber that's old. So Yeah, I'd, I'd um, imagine that'll be a problem soon if you don't take care of it. No, I'm going to seal that up one more time or for the first time. It's never been redone. I got, I've got it indoors in my building right now, so I'm going to clean it and then let it dry for a week and then seal that up. That'll be just like painting a floor. It's not a big deal. Um, I've got a couple other projects, like uh, I want to put a bunk above the driver's seat. Uh, and then I want to change the front tires. I want to put new tires on cause those are like eight years old. So probably about time to change the steer tires. But, uh, I think it's about time you start um, to get some like proper low drag downforce setups for the RV. Yeah. I talked to Mike Lewin about, about it from professional awesome. <laughs> I hope that I kind of want to do it. Yeah. I want to do an air dam and I want to do like a spoiler in the back to like disconnect the big tunnel of air column of air from the back of the rv but that's awesome yeah we'll see if it happens i've got a lot of projects i also have to finish a basement bathroom i have to redo my upstairs bathroom uh you know i have to i have to be a dad <laughs> it's a lot of stuff to do 
I'm still staring at my car and I have to wire up. I just remembered I have to wire up an oil pressure sender also. Okay. And that's just, you're going to use that just for data logging or is it like, um, no, it's like the one, uh, yeah. Uh, everything that I'm putting in there will feed the data and it'll also feed, it'll also be the ECU. So, um, I've never had anything that's modern before, uh, but now I've got a dash in here, a like a race pack dash that is fed via the ECU via CAN bus. Okay. Um, so uh, everything the ECU sees, the dash should theoretically see. The last thing I'm waiting on is ABS sensor, uh, and you'll be like, "Whoa, ABS in that car? What are you talking about?" Um, but I'm going to use that as a speedometer. Uh, off of, uh, I have to fab a little bracket to make it read the backside of the lug studs for a speedometer. Okay. Because I need to put I need to put some sort of speedometer in here. These things have cable actuated speedometers, and uh, the trans that I have, the diff uh, I bought used, and the diff never had a speedo ring on it because something was messed up on it. So I don't have any ability to add a speedo ring into the trans. So I'm going to have the I'm going to put an ABS sensor on the spindle. And have that be the speedo. Um, so so I don't like, claim to understand how all those bits and pieces actually work. Um, yeah, I don't how either. do you like correct for um, the wheel spin and stuff like that coming out of corners? Uh, I'm not going to have anything with with regards to that. I'm not going to do traction control. Um, well, I, I could like, if I did. You're going to have a speedometer. But it's it's not going to be reading good when it, you're coming out of a corner. Is that like a thing? Uh, well, it, it's not that. It's not that. It's not that crucial. Um, if I had a little bit of wheel speed, it would. It would obviously be inaccurate. But, Got it. Um, long term, I could put a, an ABS sensor at all four wheels, like uh, like many people do, and I could do traction control. Um, but with a with a low power NA setup, I'm not anticipating the need for a lot of a lot of traction control. So. Got it. But uh, yeah, the setup is like. Like it's pretty intense. You can do a lot of stuff with these Haltex. I'm, I'm I'm fairly impressed with with the quality of even just the wiring harness. Also, it's and the tech support's been pretty rad. Chris Law has been a good. And Chris Law and Andrew DiMartino from uh, I think it's Andrew DiMartino from uh, Haltech down in Kentucky. They've been uh, they've been pretty cool with uh, with just little with me bugging them. But I. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of happy to like also like give money and support like somebody that's helped support Midlife for a few years too. For sure, which makes me kind of happy. So, yeah, and it's a and it's rad stuff. So, especially if like what I'm doing with it, it's like uh, they're supposed to be dead reliable, uh, and it should be pretty much perfect for what I need out of it. So, I just knocked over a bunch pipes. of things. Yeah, pipes so, and exhaust, um, muff, Andy, mufflers. Talked me into uh, purchasing a ticket for an event at NCM in a couple of weekends, and it's yeah. not a grid life, and that'll mean that uh, the time is mine, and I get to spend a bunch of time in the car and learn how to drive again. So I'm pretty excited about what that. A, what a concept! <laughs> well, I mean, uh, Ashley, I'm so excited. I want you to do it so much. <laughs> Ashley has reminded me how much we've spent on this car in the last like two years. And how mm -hmm. little uh, I've driven it during that time, um, and so yeah. it seems like a colossal waste of money to spend a ton uh, and not drive it ever. So, yeah. um, getting back in the car and like trying to get comfortable is is kind of what I need to do. 
Yeah, I think there's plenty of spots left for that event, too. So if anybody wants to go down to Binge Tokyo at NCM, uh, yeah, hit them up. Drew's a good dude. We've uh, we've had we've had a few meetings with Drew. We might be doing more things long-term with Drew. And um, Binge uh, Tokyo, uh, the, the dude who runs it, uh, also runs a company, like a little mail order and shop company called... Uh, they're our first, they're literally like the only, they're the first sponsor of Slip Angle. It is slipping my mind right now. <laughs> it's Slip Angle in your mind. Yeah. No. Why am I blanking right now? Uh, he sponsored Austin years ago. Uh, Def Motion. That's yeah, Def right. Motion. That's right. Um, so yeah, it, uh, he does, uh, he does some pretty good tracking with down there at NCM. So well, NCM and I've is, become, like, I think one of my favorite places to drive. Um, you know, how I, many I times have you driven there? A couple times, fast, three times, but what, say what? How many times have you driven there? Three times? Uh, three or four times. Yeah. I've probably driven, uh, a hundred laps maybe. I really, really want to go there. Like it's not a goal that I'll probably make, but my goal is to have the car running in two weeks so that I can go. And then it's, I will load up the RV and head down for a day. It's just such a fun place. I mean, it there's there's so much, and there's high speed stuff and low speed stuff, and um, you know there's there's some some spots where you have to have some courage to take some corners at high speed, and if you can do all that and put it all together, you can you can put together a respectable lap. Yeah, it looks it looks so good, like twenty turns or whatever. It looks so good. Yeah, I think it's like twenty two or twenty three. It's crazy. Yeah, I'd like to drive it before SCCA Time Trial Nationals. I'm Same. hoping I can make that event. So. Yeah, um, and I, I looked again uh, at the rule set for 2019 for SCCA Nationals, and it looks like uh, my car fits kind of in that M2 category. Um, SCCA's mm -hmm. rule set's just a little bit um, uh, different than uh, the traditional time attack rule set in that um, if it doesn't say you can, uh, it's basically assumed that you can't. And so yep. Uh, yep. when you that's start kind of to see mentions of like, that. Um, turbo swaps and things like that, that starts showing up in the M categories. So because my mm -hmm. car is uh, kind of big turbo swapped, it looks like that's probably where I'll fit, even if I were on okay. pump gas. Um, if you put – your turbo is like quite a bit bigger than factory, right? Yeah, I think uh, factory turbo is about 40 pounds a minute, and the 7163 EFR is like 60, 61 maybe. Okay, so 30% bigger or whatever. Yep. Yeah, so so if you downsized, you'd be losing a ton of potential power-wise. Yep. And, but... you know, once Andy gets everything dialed in, I'm not actually looking for going backwards. He's going to give me an no, option obviously. to, like, basically run and – uh, a wastegate only switch just so that I can spend more time in the driver's seat without beating on the car and mm -hmm. work on going faster through corners instead of trying to get all of my pace from going fast on the straights. Yeah. It does do straightaway things pretty well. Yeah, I've really been good. Fairly <laughs> I've been fairly impressed with your car straightaway talent. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I want to get to the point where I'm you know comfortable entering you know the corner of turn one at, at Gingerman at speed and knowing exactly how fast I need to go and knowing that the car is going to be there behind me and um, mm -hmm. that's I, I've had a couple of like what I consider to be scary situations and I want to get past that out of my head and uh 
just get to the point where I'm happy and comfortable being in the driver's seat again. What were the scary situations? Like, where was that? Uh, I had I had one significant spin at uh, Gingerman at turn one, and one mm-hmm. on North Course at turn one at Autobahn. And actually, yeah. um, the, the that transition from one to two actually is not all that different on both tracks. So you're ending yeah. in one pretty quickly. You're hard on the brakes, and then you you pitch left, and then immediately you're kind of going right. And I, mm-hmm. I came, I don't know, maybe six inches from kissing the wall at turn two at Audubon. And yeah, I, I didn't like that. And I'm sure it was bad driving that, that caused it, but I want to make sure that I learn new habits that, that make that not happen again. Yeah. The, uh, and that, that's also an area that you had, uh, you had another bigger incident yeah. with the car at yeah. Audubon. Yeah. Somebody, All that stuff somebody found- too. So I, I don't want any more. Yeah. contact with anything that's the goal no don't hit anything or anybody uh, is the plan well, at least your car is all pretty again you gotta keep it pretty now though yeah at some point it would be nice to get it like detailed and make it really nice but you know we'll dude, take one step dude at a time. speaking of which paint correction is uh amazing so tall have Kyle, that something with that yeah, uh, Kyle, Kyle, like he bought a bunch of stuff and he's been practicing all the cars and uh, he's getting pretty good. But man, the products out there to do paint correction are unbelievable. So really? the passenger side, passenger side of my car right now feels like it's a scotch bright patch, and the driver's side of my car, which he's done, um, I can't like I could rest my hand comfortably on the vertical side of my door because there's like so much friction. Uh, if I, I'm standing on the back of the car, if I put my left hand on the driver's side, it falls right off. It's so yes. smooth. It's the smoothest thing I've ever felt, and it freaks me out. And That's my passenger crazy. side, I'm like, my hand is stuck because there's so much friction because the paint is such garbage. <laughs> and it That's looks wild. so good. Like, all, all the swirls and stuff, like, they're all gone. Uh, freaking detailing products are unbelievable, man. How I many hours of how de- uh, care did it take to get to that point? Uh, he's got like two hours into it right now. Probably another two hours. We'll have the rest of it done. He's going to do the roof and he's going to do the rear quarter panel and the front fender of the passenger side. And we're done. That's amazing. Uh, it's dude, the, like, the shine and like the lack of like swirls just from waxing it and like not caring about it is unreal. The last time I really cleaned this car was when it was shot for super street magazine in 08, uh, which is, a, a which now is a long time ago. But, You've done so many cooler car things than I can even dream of. It's it's kind of embarrassing. The, I was just looking back at uh, at uh, uh, yesterday. I was out at my buddy's house out in Indiana, out in uh, Frankfort, Illinois, and one of our old uh, projects, our CRX, um, which we won the GRM. We we raced it at the GRM two thousand seven dollar challenge and the two thousand eight dollar challenge. And then we won in the two thousand nine dollar challenge in Florida, uh, down uh, yeah down at Gainesville Raceway. Um, I was looking at it yesterday. It's out of my buddy's house. The guy who got me into cars, Dave Boonder, um, and uh, yeah, he's like the dude who got me. He was my high school buddy and my grade school buddy. We were riding BMX bikes together forever. And then his dad owned a car dealership, or still does, the Silver Auto Sales, which is a pretty big like used car dealership in Chicago. Um, and he was always playing with Hondas back then, like in, 
98, 99, uh, and he had a 99 SI in like 2000. Um, and that was kind of, and he had a 93 Prelude right before that, uh, which he had like, it was lowered with clear taillights and had graphics on it and stuff. And I thought it was just the coolest thing. Um, and he read Super Street Magazine, Import Tuner, all the cool magazines. That was what got me into cars. And uh, I was out at his house yesterday, and our CRX is out at his house. Um, and that was the one that we won the $2,009 challenge. And I, I looked up, I looked into the engine bay. We got the engine out right now. We're going to put a new engine in it before Honda meet, hopefully. Um, and uh, like literally, it's a car that we built for like $1,000. Like we have no money into it. It's just, it, was, it ran 1180s in the quarter mile. It was super fun. That's um, fun. And uh, the header was a smashed Mugen header that my buddy Dave uh, pulled out. Uh, my buddy Dave split time, not Dave, whose car, whose house the car is at. Um, he uh, he pulled it out of the. the, the well, wait a minute! Explain that to me. What does it mean to be smashed? Uh, it was a smashed Mugen header that he pulled out of the dumpster at King Motorsports um, because it was it, uh, the car that it was on hit the wall at turn 11 at Gingerman, like went through the sand trap and drove straight into the wall. <laughs> Smash, smashed the header into the block. So King Motorsports threw the header away and Dave pulled it out. And then like five years later, we turned the turbo manifold. We turned it into a turbo manifold with the turbo, like I cut it into like 40 pieces and made a turbo manifold out of a Mugen header. Um, that was part of the reason that we won the challenge because it had so many cool aspects to the car. It was such a, like a unique build. But uh, I was looking at it yesterday thinking like, man, I can't believe this car. We had that car in a magazine too. It was in, it was in Honda tuning like in 2010, um, which now is like a long time ago. Like, that's so long ago. Yeah. <laughs> it's like almost a freaking decade. <laughs> what was I uh, doing a decade yeah. ago? Uh, you were probably getting uh, getting your education. Uh, yeah. That was probably I, I think doing. that was probably right around the time that I had bought my motorcycle. So I had, uh, mm -hmm. I had an R6 in Chicago as my primary vehicle for two years. <laughs> And bombing up and down Lakeshore Drive at too fast, uh, too high, high rate of speed. Now, Lower Wacker, man, that was like, that was the place. If you were going through the tunnels in the middle of the night, like. So good, dude. It was so good. The best. <laughs> all the noises, all the noises. And then I got scared. And uh, that's actually a running theme for me as I get scared. So uh, I, I got scared of <laughs> Chicago drivers and I decided to sell it. Abe gets, uh, I, I don't know if I'd call it scared. You probably just get smart. That's probably what you do. I don't know. It, uh, it certainly takes the fun away. You've had cool things. I've, I've had this one dumb Honda for like 20 years. <laughs> and so there, there was a period now I'm of time finally where like I had, doing a scary uh, thing with it. After I'd sold the, the yeah, I remember when I this car was fast. Like this, this was a, uh, before we had time attack at Ginger Inn, like we did some time trial events. We did, uh, uh, it, it was like a 39 car at Gingerman. I thought that was amazing. <laughs> it's still pretty quick. Yeah, but like not for what it was. <laughs> but it was like an 11 second car in the quarter mile. <laughs> but, but I was also on like 205s. So uh, I guess I guess a 39 on 205s isn't so bad. But I don't. Um, well, what is my best time at Gingerman? I think it's around a 39. Um, yeah, I, I think I think you and I both ran like thirty nine one or thirty nine twos in your car um, on on street tires, but still, it's old, got a lot, it, it, bald street tires. 
I, th- I think we got 37s or 38s if we put some seat time into that car. I think so too. Um, it, it's it's yeah. my thought, and I'd like some data to go with this, but it's my thought that like, what is it, 6 to 10 is is mm-hmm. where a lot of the time can be had. Yeah, I think 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, that whole complex there. The left, uh, the left hand of the, the toilet bowl, and then the uh, the whole sweeping, you know, the five six seven combo. Uh, there's so much speed there that most cars don't don't utilize. It's pretty easy to nail like the simple turns, like after the big straightaways. You can you can get those pretty close pretty fast. Right. Turn two is always a little bit of a vexing one. Like, what's the best line for for whatever car? But, not only uh, that, but it's such yeah. a low speed corner, right? If you look at your minimum mm-hmm. speeds going through there, it's like, at least for my car, it's like low fifties, high forties. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's those other turns slow. though, like five, six, seven, eight, nine, like those are fast turns. Yep. Um, and and you can if you're if you're if you're two or three miles, four or five miles an hour down on those turns, like you you're leaving a second or more on the table, you know. Yeah, but, I uh, mean, at some point when we really get. Um, careful with the data i'll probably have tom drive it and just see how fast a car could go um uh through those sections and then use that as a way to like understand how fast i should be going that's something else like that uh i think we need to have like a long discussion with the other dudes on the podcast about this like like how deep should we get into this you know what i mean like where is the point where it's not fun anymore well, I mean, like data, data wise, and like, uh, do you know what I mean? Like, the deeper in you get, like the less, the less like of the less of like the visceral fun you have. Um, I don't know. I probably I, sound stupid saying that, but like, it seems like know. all I, of my motivation is like either when it's wrapped up in grid life or producing the podcast or whatever is is focused mm-hmm. on learning as much as I can. And Mm -hmm. if I'm learning new things, I find ways to be interested in it. And so if I I seem to like miss the days when it was like just pure exhilaration and just, just nothing but fun. I I really talked about that before. Just like your, your first track day. Yeah. Like how, like what was more fun than that? Like nothing was more fun than that. That doesn't get any better. Um, Track day picnic's pretty fun. Yeah, like when you don't want to put the data logger in, and you're just like, "Wow, that was super fun. Let's go get a ha- let's get, get let's get hot dogs." <laughs> <laughs> like, there's nothing better than that. Like, I think I might not use my aim solo this year. I'm, I might go to an Apex Pro just to look at the lights and go have fun and not look at data. Um, and everybody probably thinks that's stupid who looks at data, but like, I think it takes something away from me uh, from the hobby, uh, like really dive in deep into it, you know? Well, I, um, I don't know. Maybe it's the difference between driving for a goal and driving because you enjoy it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's, uh, I, I tried driving for a goal for a while. Like we did lemons pretty hardcore and then I got into SCCA and it was all freaking data and lap timers and stuff. What are we talking about? We were talking about how data makes everything less fun for Adam. Well, lots of things make fun, less fun for Adam, you know? Yeah, that's true. I don't know. I, 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 are you recording again or no? Yeah. Not that it matters. Not that anything I'm saying is important. But <laughs> we'll call this a uh, an off release release. Yeah, we can we can release this on like a Friday again. Okay.
I'm all right um, with that. If you can turn it into if you can turn it into something, but we'll see. I don't know. I think data. I think data took some of the fun out of it, and like the seriousness took some of the fun out of it. I'm hoping that I can impart the feelings that I want uh, into GLTC, like the hey, how about we don't have a championship? How about we just do a bunch of fun races and like try to make it silly and fun? I'm hoping I can impart and but like make it real too. But like try to find that balance, you know? Yeah, uh, I'm sure it's really hard. Um, because you it might you be an impossible task. And you know, all the guys that and gals that are driving or interested in driving in GLTC have, you know, they've been driving quite a while, and mm-hmm. they're all naturally competitive. So you kind of want yeah, bragging it be a right tough, it be tough sell. Time, you know, it's 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 because you're driving with your buddies that it's fun. Yeah, uh, and and I think I think a lot of the fun is for me at least is taken away the more serious I get. But uh, I don't know if I can. You can't mandate you can't mandate silliness, but I think we've done like a half-ass job of mandating silliness. I don't I, I don't know if that makes any sense, but um, I don't know. Well, we'll see where it goes. We'll see where it goes. So we've got what what five weeks now until Mid Ohio. Any predictions stop on saying that, man. It's going to be snowy. Yeah, you're stressing me out. Stop it. I hope the weather's good, man. I I'm yeah, really we, looking forward to it. We, had, we year, had a mix of conditions the last two years. Last year, I thought the rain set the tone for the event actually really good, um, just because people went out and had a chance to set a fast time, and then the rest of the weekend was devoted to having fun on track. It really did like take most of my stress away. Um, I sort of yeah, I sort of liked the rain because of like. It just takes everything down in seriousness, like a couple of notches, you know? Yeah, and like, um, you know, we have run sheets for grid orders and all that stuff, and all of that uh, preparedness kind of just like Mm -hmm. is less, I don't know, important just because... Yeah, and there's less urgency. Yeah, for sure. People just have a tendency to grid themselves where they feel comfortable, and there's no... There's no craziness yeah. associated with making sure that all the cars get in the right place at the right time. It's just like, yeah, the the sessions are going to be open. Go out and do your thing. Mm-hmm. It's it kind of nice. It does take the urgency away. And I think the urgency uh, sort of takes some of the fun out of it also. You know, like, yeah. Yeah, but, oh, I got to slay it. I got to kill it. This is my time. You know, like. Eh. That's, <laughs> that's how like I that. felt at um, Midwest last year when we yeah. were doing like back-to-back drift and bracket sessions. I mean, it was. It was like six or seven hours of programming that was crazy intense. And when I was done, I was exhausted. Yeah. Perfection uh, required equals exhausted and no fun. Well, I guess the same is true when we were at um, Streets of Willow. It was was pretty busy because we were only there for one day. And um, yeah, there's a lot of stuff to do in in eight hours. Yep. And it's like a really long eight hours. I mean, we just it, everything the day of is just crazy. Yeah, it felt like a really long eight hours. It was a, that was a fun event though. I really like that event. Me too. I, I really like that. Coming away from. Yeah, dude, I want to do all those tracks at the same time. Uh, me too. <laughs> yeah, all, in, in a in a bad way. Yeah, it. Uh, yeah, I, I some, hopefully that's some a thing. Car someday. video of of cars on Big Willow. And that track looks gnarly, and that that spot Dude, where so the gnarly. Porsches were coming down the hill at high speed and going around that right yeah. under looks so cool. It looks freaking. It looks hairy, awesome. <laughs> I, 
I don't know. But uh, yeah. Adam was or not Adam. Austin was at Buttonwillow this weekend, and I saw him. He posted some videos of some cars getting pulled out of the mud. Yeah, they had a lot of mud, I guess. It rained a lot there. I mean, all that silt, when you see it at, like, Superlap and at the end of the, the summer, yeah, I'm sure if yeah, it, it rains a little, that turns into, like, just sludge. Yeah, it looks like friendly dust in like in in October and or November, and I guess it's just like <laughs> the bottom of a lake <laughs> when it rains. But uh, it makes more. It makes sense. You know, that's where that's how you get mud. You get a lot of silt. Yeah. So, well, it's Sunday night, and um, yeah, we're we're talking about race cars. We must not hate race car things yet. Not yet. Another week of uh, another week of prep. And I got to connect about 50 more wires on this car. But. Well, yeah, I'm going to leave you to it just so that uh, hopefully you can get the car done in the next two weeks and you can come drive mm-hmm. at NCM. Yeah, I'm I'm curious how the new how the new uh, editing program works out too. I mean, I how it works. Things are going to end up really well. So yeah, yeah. the uh, the producer doing producer things. I'm trying. Still terrible yeah. audio, but you know we'll do what we can. Man, it can't be any worse than what Austin and I have generated over the last five years. <laughs> they, they, everyone uh, holds us to really high standards. So, yeah, I really, really, uh, the mediocrity is uh, is in full demand. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, with that, we're gonna wrap and uh, probably look for this on Friday. Yeah, if it, if you can turn it into a show, at least. Slip Angle was created by Austin Cabot and Adam Jubay, co-hosted by Derek Yarbrough and production by Abram Schmucker, who mixes all of our terrible audio. If you like the show, please rate us and review us on iTunes and come and find us in the Pit Sacred Life to say hello.